you're ready to stop submitting basic applications and winging your interview for your next nursing role, whether you're a graduate nurse or a seasoned healthcare professional, we'd love to exclusively invite you to our secret nurse growth hub, where you can get all of the support to apply, interview and land your next nursing role completely free. All of the resources that we've shared and created over the last three years that have helped 3,000 plus nurses internationally apply, interview and land their next nursing role. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us today. It's completely free. LiamCaswell.com forward slash NGH. Come and join the Nurse Growth Hub today and let's make applying, interviewing and landing your next nursing role easy. Welcome to the High Performance Nursing Podcast, where we seek to coach, educate and inspire nurses globally to achieve their high performance potential. Learn from influential clinicians having curious conversations to help you navigate your unique high performance nursing career path. Join me, your host Liam Caswell, nursepreneur, coach and mentor, as we explore how you can create a balanced high performance nursing career. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to episode number five of the High Performance Nursing Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. I've had a little bit of a break from podcasting for the last two weeks. I'm thinking maybe I'll put these out every fortnight, but if you'd like them every week, then just drop me a message and I'll try and sort myself out. But to be 100% honest with you, it's because there's been lots happening and I've been trying to juggle multiple balls in the air and uh, yeah, that's been fun. But I'm here now and that is the main thing. So welcome to episode five. Today is a solo episode and it's a shortish episode, 20, 30 minutes. And I'm really grateful for your time today in listening to this podcast and I hope that you'll find it really valuable. Today I'm talking to you nurses that are driven, motivated, excited to take the next step in your career. Those nurses that are experienced nurses that have got a couple of years under the belt and they're thinking to themselves, I think it's time. I think it's time that I step up and I assume the position of a senior nurse within my organization, workplace, discipline, specialty. And it's time for me to show everyone what I have to offer. And and even more so, it's time for me to show myself that I have so much to give to this workplace as a senior nurse. So I thought that that's what we could cover today. So let's dive in. I come across amazing nurses very frequently in my coaching sessions where they are nurses that I've worked for a couple of years. Maybe they're in a discipline or a specialty and they are working towards a promotion. Now, this might look different in your state but or territory, but that tends to look like moving from a registered nurse level kind of one position, moving into a registered nurse level two position. And often it comes up, a lot of things come up, but often it comes down to, firstly, self-limiting beliefs. So I wanted to take a bit of time to talk about that today. Because we all have self-limiting beliefs. Beliefs that we self-impose upon ourselves. Our beautiful, lovely, very kind mind tells us that maybe I'm not good enough to apply for that job. Or I am 
not equipped with the skills, knowledge or expertise to be able to put myself forward for this senior position. Rubbish. Do not listen. Do not listen to your inner saboteur. You are absolutely able to do this. You can move forward and you will. And if you take anything from today, self-limiting beliefs, we're kicking them to the curb because we want to acknowledge that we have the capacity, the ability to change and adapt within our nursing careers. And I can see it in you. Wherever you may be, I can see it in you. So please, please, please believe in yourself. So self-limiting beliefs come up in a vast array of situations and they present themselves in very different ways. Usually for me, it's that inner saboteur that's like, "Uh Liam, you want to roll out a podcast? (laughs) Good luck. I don't think so. And, you know, it might sound different for you, but it's about acknowledging that inner saboteur or that voice or that self-limiting belief that comes up every time that you're just about to take action and kicking it to the curb and saying, you know what, I'm going to be brave, courageous, curious. I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to take that step forward and put myself first so that I can say that at least I tried. And that tends to come up frequently is one of the first key hurdles that I work with people in coaching. We work through self-limiting beliefs. And you know, sometimes, and I've had this myself, sometimes it's just you need someone to call out your self-limiting beliefs. And it happens for me on a daily basis. I'll say something and somebody will say, well, yeah, of course you can do that. I'll say, oh yeah, I can. And you almost have that aha moment where you're like, why am I stopping myself from doing this? you kind of become your own worst enemy. So if you are a nurse that's currently thinking, oh, I'm really interested in taking a a senior position in my workplace and it's come up and it's available and you start that doubt process and the self-limiting beliefs creep in, let's kick them to the curb and let's start really working through what it is you need to do to move forward in your application process. The next thing that I tend to work with people around is self-awareness. And this is tricky because I'm not really sure how you teach self-awareness. But basically it comes down to identifying whether or not the individual that might be going for that promotion has a good understanding of themselves. Now I talk about this a lot on the podcast. And I talk about it because I think it's extremely important. And we're all on this journey of self-discovery, especially in nursing, where it's very, very challenging, confronting, dynamic, versatile, such a vast array of experiences happen within such a short period of time that shapes you as an individual, that shapes your beliefs, your values. And that's something that I think we need to take a step back when we're applying for these senior positions. And we need to acknowledge what it is about ourselves that maybe we need to reflect on. Maybe there's some gaps in our knowledge or our awareness of our own abilities. And it's about having that insight one of the biggest things that we can have, are able to spot, it's almost like a sixth sense when it comes to interview or when you're mentoring or guiding someone is, is whether or not they have the insight into their abilities to succeed or not. That's not saying someone without insight cannot succeed. Of course they can. It might just take a little bit longer. So I would encourage you to start exploring who you are as an individual, what motivates you, what triggers you and what do you react to what do you feel comfortable with what are the gaps that you might need to explore or fill before you take this next leap and that kind of segues beautifully into what I call is just breaking it all down it can seem immensely challenging and and daunting to think about 
taking the next steps and applying for promotion. And Jenna, the one thing you definitely cannot do is think I've been here for 10 years. I deserve this promotion and therefore I'm applying for it and I'm going to get it. Newsflash, you probably will not get it. If you do get it, you might get it for the wrong reasons and you might not be happy. So that's why I talk about breaking it down. And I like to break it down into kind of four key components for you to think about and to plan. And when I talk about planning, I'm talking about planning out your career. Yes, that's right. Being strategic, really being intentional about setting some really smart, realistic, timely goals that you can work towards alongside your mentor, your buddy, preceptor, your manager, maybe a local educator, or it might be an external guide or a coach that's supporting you through this process and so that you have some clarity about what it is you want to work towards. So planning is essential. And that plan will shift and vary over the course of your career. And that's exciting, yeah? We always come back to this idea of sampling. I love this idea of try before you buy, do it. If you don't like it, move on. If it doesn't align with your values, move on. Don't stay there. Find yourself an opportunity. Be proactive and intentional and take control of your career. So when we're breaking it down, we're breaking it down into the four points or four key themes that I think you kind of need to focus on when you're applying or preparing to apply for a senior position. Now, top tip here, this happens a fair bit and it's something to avoid. Let's just imagine this scenario. You are in the workplace and an email comes out from your manager saying, we are hiring senior nurses, please put in your applications, these are the requirements and you have a look through the position description and it says that you need to demonstrate leadership qualities, you need to have been involved in some form of quality improvement or research project, you need to have delivered some education to your team and you need to have demonstrated uh, an ability to basically demonstrate a higher level of thinking around operational challenges and problems. And here's what tends to happen. Oh my goodness, the manager's put out an email with some jobs for senior nurses. I better start that quality improvement project. (laughs) Yeah, starting it like a week before the applications close. That's not a good idea. Hey, you might might be able to wing it, but um, nine times out of ten, It's pretty obvious from the get-go. So let's break it down into these four chunks. I'm really holding you on here for these four chunks. Building it up, building it up. So the first thing that I want you to think about is how are you demonstrating leadership? What kind of leader are you in the workplace? What leadership theories do you maybe draw upon and implement in your daily practice? How would other people recognize you as a leader? How would they describe your leadership style? What kind of leader do you want to be? What are your leadership strengths and weaknesses? Unpacking all of these questions will help you to identify where your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats lie within your leadership capabilities. And of course, being a senior nurse is all about leadership. Yeah, it's about walking the walk, not talking the talk. It's about ensuring that you are role modeling and that you're an example to your team members that when they're not looking, you're doing the right thing. 
And that is critical for success in a senior nursing position because when you step up from that RN level one, I don't like to say junior senior, when you step up from that RN level one job to the, the RN level two job, for example, people are looking at you and the, the role requires different skill sets. It requires a different mindset. A lot of people don't think about the mindset that you need to embrace as a leader. So what is it that you're doing within that space? And are you being exposed to the opportunities to lead? So if you're a nurse that's working on the floor within your team and you're not frequently team leading, but you see your path in leadership as you move forward, you need to source those opportunities. You need to have a chat with your manager. And it's as simple as just saying, hey, Liam, or we'd love to be a team leader in the next six months. What do I need to do to be able to get this opportunity so that I can develop my leadership skills? Yeah, we as managers, we are looking for the next up and coming leader. We want you to come forward. We can maybe spot it, but also we have multiple conflicting priorities. So it's about you taking action and being proactive in your approach. So I encourage you to get out there and find and create those opportunities. Maybe... Every time you come on, there's already a team leader on shift. Fine. Let's see if you can maybe team lead your micro team. Maybe you're team nursing and you're working with three other nurses on one side of the ward. Maybe you can be the delegate team leader across there and you can report to the, the, the main team leader. Get creative. Create the opportunities for yourself. They will not just happen. So that's leadership, thinking about leadership and really thinking about high-level leadership, okay? It's not about I've delegated team leading tasks or I've delegated um, people to go on break and that is my leadership skill. That's part of being a leader and that's really, really important. But you really want to think about how you can demonstrate it on a higher senior nurse level, yeah? So challenge you to think about leadership, leadership in the context of applying for a promotion to become a senior nurse. And what does that look like? Secondly, we're going to talk about quality. So if you are a nurse that is currently looking for a promotion or looking to work towards progressing within your career, the next thing you need to be doing is a quality improvement project. Um, maybe you don't need to do a full quality improvement project. Maybe you just need to start the ball rolling, but you definitely need to get into the space to think about how can you improve the quality and consistency and safety of care within your, your unit or local um, clinical area. This can be a little bit overwhelming for people because there is actually quite a lot of quality improvement methodologies that can be very time consuming and often the question is, well, I work on the floor, how am I going to do this? So it's about making it as simple as possible with the best or the highest level positive outcome for the workplace, the team and the patients. So some things to get you thinking some key focus areas that I would consider, which kind of apply to most areas, would be with the global pandemic, we're thinking about infection control compliance, hand hygiene, and looking at what we can do in that space to improve our compliance overall, to ensure that we have safe uh, clinicians with clean hands. That's a very basic, simple quality improvement project that could be done if that is an issue that your area is facing. Maybe you might want to focus on reducing hospital-acquired complications. Now, some of you might be saying, what is a hospital-acquired complication? 
This is a relatively new-ish system that has been rolled out across Australia. But we have these requirements whereby we need to meet certain criteria and reduce specifically uh, avoidable, preventable hospital-acquired complications. Now, there's a list of 16 what we call hacks, hospital-acquired complications, that we need to reduce in every hospital across Australia because they've been deemed to be avoidable. They are preventable. And that is a great place to start a quality improvement project because you might identify one of the hacks may be that you work in an area where there are really high levels of falls resulting in intracranial hemorrhage. And that is a hack. So you might want to really focus on false mitigation strategies or collecting some baseline data around how we currently are performing in relation to falls, uh, what our key gaps are, and maybe it's about thinking outside the box and creating some really cool innovative solutions to address fundamental basic issues in healthcare that might have just been overlooked or maybe they've just slipped because we've got other competing priorities. So hacks are a great way to, one, improve the quality of care within your local area, two, improve patient safety, three, improve staff morale because they're going to see better results and better patient outcomes, Uh, three, uh, four, I can't count, four, reduce occupational violence um, and complaints in relation to hospital-acquired complications and, and the issues that arise from that itself. I mean, the list is endless. Five, thinking about budget. Uh, So hospital-acquired complications actually cost us money. A complication is not a good thing. It takes time away from clinicians. We have to complete incident reports. It impacts the patient's length of stay. It can increase the patient's chance of morbidity. You see where I'm going with this. There is such an opportunity here for you to run with a local complex problem and really make positive change on the local level, and it can be done. I've seen it done time and time again, and it's such a rewarding process to be part of, and you need this. This is gold for your resume, gold for your selection criteria responses when you apply for that senior position. So how do you go about doing that? It sounds like a lot of work, Liam. It is a bit of work, I'm not going to lie, but it's worthwhile, and it's so exciting to be part of change. Change is constant in healthcare and it really is an opportunity for you to show what you have to offer. So sit down with your manager, sit down with your educator, sit down with your senior manager and ask them what are the three key issues that we're facing in the area at the moment. Maybe you want to bring some ideas along and talk to them about the fact that you want to conduct a quality improvement project and will they support it and what methodologies and policies procedures do we need to follow and and where would you like me to start i tell you now most managers would be extremely excited about that and more than willing to support you on that journey so that's quality quality runs beautifully into education and they kind of almost overlap and cross over and education is important because as a senior nurse we expect that All senior nurses will share their knowledge, skills, wisdom, experiences, life experiences, ups, downs to help shape and mould our future generation of nurses. So I would encourage you to draw up on your quality improvement project and bring that into the education space whereby you partner with your local educator, your local development nurses or learning development teams and you start planning how you're going to roll out education 
just start locally with your team maybe start in little snippets little 10-15 minute episodes of education whereby you present maybe at handover for 10 minutes and it's a verbal presentation maybe you have some props maybe you have a formal presentation for 30 minutes and you talk to the room maybe you workshop get creative remember nurses are kinesthetic we love to do and that's something that I've really been reflecting on this year being back in the education spaces that nurses will listen and you're all listening now but we mostly learn through doing and most nurses will be kinesthetic and really enjoy getting hands-on So make it engaging. You are much more likely to actually have knowledge retention when people get their hands dirty and and get involved. Education can be a little bit daunting, but again, it's a critical element for you if you're looking for a promotion. So start small, keep it simple. Do not overwhelm yourself. Find some education principles. Look at the adult learning principles. Really think about your team and how they will respond and what you might design to deliver to them so that it really speaks volumes to them. And nine times out of ten, in my experience, it's that basic, basic interpretation of something complex and bringing it down, breaking it down to make sure that it really speaks to people. And stories are a really good way to do that. Telling a story in an education session of a patient, maybe you use a case study with consent from the patient and their family, but maybe that's how you get through to the staff about embracing a new change that you're about to bring to the team. Um, Because we all know change is challenging. People have a fear of change and in healthcare, change fatigue is a real, real concern because we're constantly evolving and we're constantly trying to keep up with technology guidelines policy the evidence base the literature so change is is fearful for people and how can you break that down and a really great way to do that is about really thinking about what your team want locally and thinking about your why if you think about when we're at work and someone asks us to do something what's the first question you ask why what should be (laughs) why why am i doing this Patient needs a procedure done. Why am I doing this? What is the rationale for this procedure? What is the rationale for this medication? So that is how you start education. Why is this relevant to me? And why do I need to give you 30 minutes of my time? Yeah, so that's education in a nutshell. There's lots to think about there. But again, drop on your resources and start planning in advance of your promotion application. Do not leave it to the last minute. And then finally, step four is around guidance and mentorship. And this is an opportunity for you to guide and mentor your peers. Pick a couple of people in in the wards that maybe have shown a real interest in working with you. Maybe people that always come and ask you for guidance, feedback, advice, support, and actively engage in some form of coaching, mentorship, guidance. Guide them through their career help them grow and develop advocate on their behalf sing their praises tell them about their their strengths and their weaknesses give them constructive timely in the moment feedback it allows you to develop as an individual but it also develops skills like delivering feedback dealing with difficult conversations negotiation all skills and challenges that you will face in a senior nursing position and unfortunately those skills and challenges are not really addressed by undergraduate training are the things that we can have learned on the job 
And that can be challenging because everybody responds differently based on their experiences to date. So guiding people and mentoring them gives you an opportunity to practice almost in a safe a safe environment, non-threatening environment before you need to deal with maybe a really upset relative or a staff member that's just had a conflict with another staff member. So it's a bit of preparation work, I guess, but it also allows you to build that kind of authority. It allows you to build that community of of guidance and leadership within the staff and role modeling it is hugely valuable to role model for these individuals because they're going to look at you and they're going to aspire to be you so you better make sure that you're setting a good example for them so those were the four key things that i would be looking at if you're interested in exploring a promotion in nursing Now, there are lots of other things that we could talk about. Qualifications are usually a good one. That probably deserves a podcast on its own. But in a nutshell, qualifications, I think, are essential. I think that they they demonstrate a couple of things. They tell me that you have invested in yourself. They tell me that you have broadened your horizons. You have looked into something on a really deep level and you've kind of pulled it apart and it gives you that critical analytical mind set which is is massively valuable in our senior nursing role it gives you problem solving skills writing skills um the list is endless but it also depending on what you study will give you specialist skills that you can employ into your work and no matter what you study there are transferable skills from that postgraduate qualification it could even just be a short course It could just be a two-day course in-house that is delivered by the organization. It doesn't matter. You need to make sure that whatever specialty you're working in, that you are acquiring the skills, knowledge, and experience and qualifications, bits of paper that can help you land that next promotion. So if you're working, for example, let's say in the emergency department, um, have a think about what qualifications you might need to be considered for a senior nursing position. Maybe you need your advanced life support. Yeah. Maybe you need your triage course. Maybe you need to complete the in-house transition to senior nurse package. Go and find out what it is you need to do and, and make it happen. If it's not happening in the workplace that you're in, find a different workplace. Find somewhere that's going to allow you to do it. Because if your subconscious is telling you that you need to do it, Follow that path and see where it takes you. The other things that you want to make sure that you're doing is setting goals. We talked about at start, um, setting some really clear goals, sitting down with your manager and doing your performance management agreement or your performance development plan. Lots of people are probably rolling their eyes thinking, oh, I can't remember the last time I did that with my manager. But please make the time to do it and be intentional with it. Hold your manager to account. Uh, Manage up. Come to that meeting prepared with what you want out of it so that you are taking control of your career and it's not just kind of sitting there for a year waiting for the next round of PMAs to be done. And when you come back that year, no action has been taken. You still haven't done that course. You need to take control of that. No one else will do it. Really, from a managerial perspective, it should be that we are like, Liam, I saw that you want to do this and we're going to make it happen. But again, it it maybe doesn't happen like that in your workplace. Uh, If it does, awesome. If it doesn't, make it happen. Book into it yourself. Be proactive. Seek that approval from your manager to get onto that course and, uh, and get yourself there. Explore who is already doing what you want to do and have a coffee with them. 
give them a call, drop them a message on LinkedIn. You might think, oh my God, Liam, you are a stalker. But it's so important to put yourself out there. And I can tell you right now, probably two or three positions that I've had over the last few years that I've really, really enjoyed have all come out of me just sending an email and saying, hey, my name's Liam and I'm interested in working with your organization at some point in this capacity, that capacity. And if anything comes up, keep me in mind. And wham, bam, here's a contract. Would you like to work with us? That does happen, okay? And it happens because I was proactive. And you've got to put yourself out there. Get yourself in front of the people that maybe you aspire to be or you're motivated by, driven by, and and start seeking some kind of mentorship from them and guidance. Have a look at what they've studied. Have a look at what postgraduate qualifications they've done. Ask them. If you had your time again, would you do that? Or would you pick something different? Like people often ask me, Liam, would you, what would you recommend I study? And it's such a hard question because it depends. Like if you're really, really passionate about infection control and that's just where you want to be, go and study infection control. But if you are a bit kind of like vague and you're not really sure, like I was at the time, I'm kind of like, well, do something that's broad. Don't become a specialist per se. Do something broad. I did a master's in healthcare management and a master's in international public health. I loved both of them. I studied weird and wacky modules in both courses and I loved it. And it fueled this passion for leadership, culture change in healthcare. That's what it did for me. Didn't expect that. That's what it's done. And that's why I'm here today. I couldn't have predicted that. But I was just open to trying something a bit broader rather than being a specialist in ICU or doing a postgrad in emergency nursing keep your options open. So it depends, depends on the person. I think there's a big move now towards having a master's in some form of leadership uh, capacity if you are going for those leadership roles, but you might be applying for a senior nursing role as an educator. So maybe you want to do education, but you've got to think about whether or not education is where you're going to be the whole time throughout the rest of your career. And you don't know that answer really, but maybe it's about you thinking, right, I'm going to go broad, but I can go broad and do maybe a master's of healthcare management, but I can incorporate some elective modules for healthcare education and research. Or maybe afterwards, I'll do a graduate certificate in health education. The world's your oyster. Do whatever you want. It's just about being active and going out there and making it happen. Can you see the theme? (laughs) And then finally, all of that stuff. There's no point in doing any of it unless you're going to take action with it and you're you're proactively going to work through it. Embrace the curiosity. Be vulnerable. Put yourself in situations that make you feel uncomfortable. Chase your dream. Follow your vision. Work with the people that you need to work with and find those people that are going to lift you up and help you get there. Uh, Those are the people that you need. Avoid the people that are going to tell you you can't do it. Avoid the people that are going to tell you that you are too young or that you don't have enough experience. That might be the case. But guess what? They don't get to decide. You decide. You do you. And you will be happy doing that. And do you know what? If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Sample and experimentation. We move on to the next thing. And we take our learnings from that. Finally, all of that stuff that you have been doing, all of the amazing work you've been doing over the last little while, 
working towards your promotion, in preparation for it, if you think, oh, I want to be a senior nurse in the next year, set yourself some goals. Do the things that I've just talked about. Really get into it. Demonstrate that, that without a doubt, you are the best candidate for this position. Yeah, there's no doubt whatsoever that you're not going to be able to do this job. So you've set yourself up for success and, and take it from there. You need to embody all of the things that I've just talked about and sell your achievements in your application. That's the biggest area that there is a bit of a deficit in, in my experience. Sell yourself, market yourself, talk about all of the amazing things that you have done. I have done this, not we have done this. I have done this and I have conducted this quality improvement project and I have reduced falls by 50% from X to X and use your data that you've collected. Use the numbers of people that you've educated. I have educated 50 people over the year. I'm contributing to a reduction in hospital required complications. Thank you very much. And this has positively impacted patient outcomes. For example, yeah, see where I'm going with all of this. It all comes together. It might feel like it is a huge mountain to climb, but it will come back and it will be of huge value to you when you apply for that position. And not only that position, when you go for the next position and the next one, you will draw upon those experiences and achievements. And of course, you should celebrate them. They're wins. We have to celebrate the small wins, the big wins. So pat yourself on the back, put it in your CV and your selection criteria, and you can be confident that you have submitted the best application that you possibly can, meeting all of the key criteria. So I hope that that has been valuable. I hope that that has been a bit of a one-stop shop, thank you, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, workshop, I guess, or a Liam rant, um, but a, an opportunity for you to really think about how you can approach your career. And like I said, it doesn't need to be leadership. It can be education. It could be a specialist role. It could be becoming a nurse practitioner. All of these things are key themes that you need in every promotion that you go for. You will see as you move up the ladder, as you move through your career, that you need a leadership example, a quality example, a patient safety example, an education example, a guidance, a mentorship example. Of course, there could be other things that they throw in there, but these are the key themes in healthcare at the moment. And you need to be working towards projects or development opportunities in each one of those for you to succeed as a high-performing senior nurse. Thank you so much for your time. I hope that's been valuable and I will catch you next time on the High Performance Nurse Podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast. Please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. I would love you to join my online community of high performance nurses. Join us on Facebook at Liam Caswell or check out my website at liamcaswell.com. Until next time, I have been your host, Liam Caswell, and I am truly grateful for the opportunity to help you build your high-performance nursing career. Be kind to yourself and stay forever curious.